Welcome back. This is uh, the Encounter with God section here on Faith FM. And Mon, do we have another clue for our Yes, quiz? I do. Okay, this is clue number four on this What Am I quiz. Okay. Make all these words again. I have yep. to pronounce them correctly. Mm-hmm. Elihu told Job that God speaks to men while they slumber upon this, but men may never per- may not perceive it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Elihu told Job that God speaks to men while they slumber upon this, but men may not perceive it. So basically, what well, do Elihu is kind of um, a obscure character, but slumbering upon something is yeah. What do you slumber upon? <laughs> Give me a call if you know the answer. Wayne, you accuse me of giving the clue away. You straight up said the word. One eight hundred Faith FM. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number. Give me a call if you know the answer, and you can win the prize this morning. Okay, so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25 this morning, and we're going to be looking at the prophecy of the ten virgins. 25? I thought we were hanging out in Matthew 24. Yeah, I know. It's kind of moving through. We're try- we've got this short amount of time that we've got to get through two chapters. Two chapters. Okay. And they're the, longest, they're the second longest sermon that Jesus ever preached anywhere in the Bible. Are we going to talk about the abomination of the desolation again? We talked about that yesterday. Yeah, we did. It was really fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, so Matthew chapter 25. Uh-huh. And of course, if you've got some thoughts or opinions, we'd love to hear them. Our number is 1-800-324-843. In fact, I'd love to hear from somebody who's a great supporter of the State of Israel um, and uh, sees it as being a fulfillment of God's divine uh, purpose and wants to see the temple rebuilt there and um, wants to talk about the Battle of Armageddon. If, if you've got some thoughts on that, then, hey, would love to hear from you. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, um, or text us on 491 or shoot us a message on Facebook. Um, send us a question for question of the day, whatever it might be. We would love to hear from you. And speaking of uh, Israel, um, for those of you who just heard our uh, interview in our last segment, we have that wonderful uh, program happening there in South Australia. And if you'd like to go to that and want the details, just check out our Facebook page, Faith FM Australia, and you can get the details. We've put them up already. Okay, so we are in Matthew chapter 25. And Mon, can you read for us the first four verses and then identify four symbols from four verses? Okay. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil, olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Well, there you go. So we have a uh, parable here that Jesus is giving. And within this parable, what do we find that uh, some of the symbols are? Well, <clears throat> since the whole thing's a story, I guess everything's almost a symbol. So you have the bridesmaids, that'd be a symbol. Mm-hmm. You have their lamps, that's a symbol. You have the olive oil inside the lamps, another symbol. Mm-hmm. And then I'm guessing you have the bridegroom as a symbol. That's four. Yeah, that's right? four. Can you give me a fifth? Uh, yeah, I reckon because they're hanging out for a wedding, right? So that would be the, the fifth. Ooh, the wedding. Okay, yeah, they're all right. Can, 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 can you give me a sixth? Uh, it says the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids. So maybe the kingdom of heaven? No, that's like an introduction. Hang on, lamps. you're in the right place. Don't read anything mm-hmm. else other than what you just read to me. There's another the number. Symbol. Ah, the number of them. Yeah, the yeah. number ten. Well done. Okay, so when we 
when we look at this uh, particular passage here, let's work out work through our um, our symbols very quickly. And uh, Mon, it begins the it begins with the word then in my mm-hmm. translation. That's a connecting word, so that connecting it to this whole sermon that Jesus is preaching. When is then in Matthew twenty four and twenty five? When is then? Yeah, when it says then, it's going to be like this. What time period is Matthew 24 and 25 talking about? Oh, it's talking about the end of time. It's end of time. It's, yeah, it's the yeah. whole thing's about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at the end of time, the kingdom of heaven, in other words, God's church, will be like what? Ten bridesmaids. Although this, this parable is famously known as the ten virgins. That's right. Yeah, so my, my uh, virgin is a uh, virgin. doesn't say virgin. <laughs> it, says, it says bridesmaids. It says bridesmaids. Okay, but in the uh, original language it actually says virgins. Mm-hmm. All right, let me ask you this question. What does a woman symbolize in Bible prophecy? A church. And what does a pure woman symbolize? A righteous church, uh, one that hasn't gone astray with its teachings. Okay, so righteous church, so bridesmaids, virgins, Righteousness, mm-hmm. righteous church. The number ten is ten churches. Mm, think about this for a moment. In the Bible, ten pops up in a bunch of different places. You have ten toes, ten horns, ten virgins, ten kings. These are all in prophecy. Okay, so here's what you'll find: wherever you find the number ten, mm-hmm. it refers to the whole world. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So here's what you've got. Ten virgins, you've got God's church in the, the whole, whole world, world at the end of time. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this is a prophecy. God says, then, you know, God's church will be like this in the whole world at the end of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten virgins, which went, which took their lamps. All right. What is the lamp a symbol of? A lamp. I mean, There's a famous song about this by Amy yeah. Grant. Come on. Thy uh, word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Exactly. So the lamp is a symbol of, that's a quote, by the way. Mm-hmm. The song is a scripture song, uh, quoting from Psalms chapter 119, and where it says that thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So here's what you have. You have God's church mm-hmm. in the whole world mm-hmm. at the end of time, yep. and they all have what? Truth. The Word of God. Word of God. The Bible. Uh-huh. The truth. Okay. Absolutely. So it's God's God's church at the end of time that all has the truth. Then it goes on. It says, and five of them were wise and five were foolish. What's the implication there? Well, that five were dumb and five were smart? Yes. Five. Goes further than that. Five were prepared and five weren't. Yes, well, yeah, you know, you know, you know what's coming up. <laughs> I do. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the the actual implication is, in fact, let's show what the implication is. Let's go down a few verses here. Um, let's go down to verse eleven and twelve. Uh, Ten, eleven, and twelve. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the hour, the day, nor the hour of my return. Okay, so to understand this, we need to understand some other symbols. Who is the bridegroom? Uh, Jesus. And what is the event that is being spoken of here with the coming of the bridegroom? He's returning. Okay, the coming of Jesus. Yeah. And so then the implication is that when Jesus comes back, what happens to the foolish virgins? They get left behind. Yeah, they're lost. Yeah, they're lost. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's 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 work our way through what we have here. Um, verse one: Then the kingdom of heaven, God's church, will be likened to ten virgins. There's God's church in the whole world, which took their lamps. It's God's church in the whole world that has the word of God and went out to meet Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, does this prophecy apply to Christians who do not know that Jesus is coming soon? No, because they're all fully aware of it. They're fully aware uh-huh. and they go out to meet him. In other words, they mm-hmm. all start preparing to meet Jesus when he returns. Mm-hmm. So this is talking about God's church in the whole world at the end of time that has the word of God and is waiting and preparing for the return of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, because they all Good. had lamps and yep. like like you said, lamps are Bibles. Okay, uh, verse 3, those that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. This is important. What does the oil symbolize? Ah, I do know this one. Oil mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit. All right, so not only do they have the Word of God, in other words, they know their Bibles inside out, back to front and upside down, but they are filled with the Holy Spirit. These are Spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christians that the Bible is speaking about right here. So if the five dumb ones, the five um, unwise ones, foolish mm-hmm. ones, if they ran out of oil, how do you run out of Holy Spirit? That's a really good question. Like if, I, if I've asked the Holy Spirit into my life, doesn't he just stick around forever? Great question. Mm-hmm. You have an answer? <laughs> but I'm asking you, Lyle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that's a very serious implication, isn't it? Because, mm-hmm. okay, let's face it. Uh, at the beginning of the night... They all had oil. They all had oil in they're their all, They are all Bible-believing, Spirit-filled Christians. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about hypocrites here. We're not talking about unconverted Christians. We are talking about Christians who are filled with the Spirit and living what they believe because they believe that Jesus is coming soon, so they've gone out to prepare for it. And we sure like to think that's us, don't we? I don't, I've never met anybody who's, who's uh, put up their hand and said, hey, guess what? I'm one of the foolish virgins. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, I've preached this in many churches and we're always the righteous ones. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So if we never apply this to ourselves, it's always somebody else. You know, we can sit at the back of the church and go, yeah, wise virgin, foolish virgin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can't do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the simple reality is if you were to do so, the only people that you would pick out as being uh, wise virgins would be spirit-filled Bible-believing Christians. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet the implication here is that half the spirit-filled Bible-believing Christians are lost. Because no one can deny that all of them have oil and lamps. They are all worshipping in spirit and in truth, both those two things. Now, I do want to know, like, you know, because this, this is a prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. And so this would have a, a sort of like a time stamp on it, right? Mm-hmm. So because... Jesus hasn't come yet, so we're obviously not at the marriage feast part yet. Mm-hmm. So we are right now, you know, you and I are alive here in 2018. Are we at the part where we're still hanging out? There's all 10 of us. We've all got a bit of oil in our lamps. You know, where are we up to in this? Prophecy? Okay, so let's, let's, look, let's look at the prophecy very simply. There's a call that goes out, behold, the bridegroom comes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, go you out to meet him. And... Um, you know, in, in before that call comes, though, you've got all of these bridegrooms, uh, bridesmaids, I should say, these virgins. They're all awake, 
They have recognized the fact that Jesus has, is coming soon and they have gone out to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. So what you've got then is uh, the prediction that there will come a time in the history of this world where a group of people will recognize that Jesus is coming back and that they will start preparing for it. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? Then they go... Nothing happens. Nothing. Okay. Jesus doesn't turn up, does he? That's all right. So there's delayed. There's delayed. Mm-hmm. So there's a period of delay. So they all get excited like, yes, Jesus is coming soon. And then there's a delay and it's like, really? Were we right? Were we, were we really right? And it's during that period where there's a delay, what do they all do? Fall asleep. That's right. The Bible says they all go to sleep. So what does that say about you and I? We're all asleep. Yeah. So we're, sleep- we're in the sleeping phase right now. We're in the sleeping phase right now. Um, and that's not a good phase to be in. We need to wake up and to be on fire for Jesus Christ. Isn't that so? And we can't be doing it too late because if we wake up and realize the bridegroom is here and we need to go get oil, that's that's already too late. We need we need to get oil now. That's right. So how, yeah. how is it? Like, how do you run out of oil? How do you get more oil? Okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, All, right. Okay, okay. All right. So it is while they are asleep that they run out of oil. Mm-hmm. You see that? Yeah. So our danger is going to sleep because if we stay awake, you know, you'll see, oh, I'm getting low on oil. I'm going to top it back up again. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's while you're asleep that suddenly you wake up and there's none left and you don't even realize that there is none left. This is one of the very serious things about the Holy Spirit is that, you know, we can reject the Holy Spirit by saying, yeah, you know what? I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want to be a Christian. You know, I just want to completely live my life my own way and God gives us that liberty. Mm Mm-hmm. But the greatest danger in our world is not people who turn around and say, I don't want to have anything to do with God. The greatest danger is Christians who have gone to sleep. And they have drifted in that dreamy state until the Holy Spirit is no longer present in their life and they don't even realize it. And suddenly Jesus comes back and it's like, I don't have the Holy Spirit. What am I going to do? And it's too late. And you can drift your way through to losing the Holy Spirit. Because you just go through the motions. You think you're fine. Oh, I still yeah. go to church every week. I still you know, pay exactly. tithe. I'm nice to strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's but you've lost your connection with God. It's a sobering thought. It's a very, very sobering thought. The Bible actually speaks um, about you know this in another place in the book of Matthew and calls it blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's unpardonable sin. Wow. Because it's only the Holy Spirit that is our, this Holy Spirit is our only connection to call us to repentance from sin. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is a, it is indeed a sobering parable because this parable is not about like, you know, the Christians and the heathens and those who believe. No, not at all. Not at this all. This is about the church. And it's not even about, it's not even about the hypocrites in the church. Yeah. You know, exactly. because you can sit up the church, up at the back of the church and go, yeah, those ones are wheat, those ones are tears. Actually, you can't do that. Don't ever do that. That's a terrible yeah, thing to do. It's not about the troublemakers. It's not about the troublemakers. Mm-hmm. It's not about the people that you look around the church and think, okay, this 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 person is, um, you know, they're in serious trouble. No, this is about spirit-filled Christians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who, while they are waiting for Jesus to come back, it starts to get like it's a long time. You know, when Adventists first started preaching about it, it was, what, 160, 70 years ago? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it starts to feel like a long time after 160, 70 years. And they start to go to sleep and they start to think, well, Jesus is never coming back. Is this for real? Is it not for real? They start to have their doubts. Um, the Life is good. Life drifts on. And as life drifts on, it just sort of all starts to drift away. Yeah, we have the truth. We're cozy with it. We're comfortable. 
Yeah. Yeah. We've got the word of God. They don't notice that they don't lose the word of God, do they? No, they don't. They don't lose they their don't. lamps. Yeah. They still know their Bibles, you know, inside out, back to front. There's a relationship. And upside down. They have lost their connection with God. And how astounding that it shouldn't just be one out of ten virgins or two out of ten virgins. It's half of them. Yeah. So imagine, imagine if you were to head along to church um, this Saturday morning or Sunday morning, um, wherever you go, and you were to draw a line down the middle of your church. Mm-hmm. And half were lost and half were saved. Wow. That's the implication of the prophecy. That's a pretty serious implication, That's wouldn't you say? That's very serious, yeah. Maybe you've got some thoughts on this um, very serious story that we've got here. 1-800-324-843. Text us on 0491-064-669. You know, I come across people who uh, come to me at times and they're like, oh, you know, all you've got to do is believe. Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And once you've done that, you can't be lost. Mm-mm. Is that what this prophecy is saying here? Well, clearly not because... These people had oil at one point. Yeah, they are spirit-filled believers. And then they ran out. Absolutely. And so this is a warning that Jesus is giving, and he's giving it to the end of time because you know the whole concept of once saved, always saved is an end-time doctrine. This is not something that used to exist a couple of hundred years ago, you know, 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a, very, it's a very new concept. And so Jesus writing to the end of time is like, hey, when you get down to the end of time, uh, just bear this in mind in case you come across this doctrine of eternal security because we should never ever trust our eternal security to a decision that we made a long long time ago our eternal security comes in knowing jesus christ blessed assurance jesus is mine if jesus is yours you have nothing to fear okay so for for our listeners who are thinking to themselves i need to make sure i got oil in my lamp how, like how do you how do you how do you keep that lamp full of oil? Like what are the what are the practical nitty gritty kind of you know oil, lamp filling oil tips? Okay, so let's think about this then. If you are living in a home that is lighted by oil lamps, now I've never lived in a home that was lighted by oil lamps, but when I was a teenager, I left home and I went and lived in an abandoned apple picker's hut for five years. Oh. I left home when I was fifteen. Uh-huh. And as a result, I had a kerosene lantern that was my source of light and an open fire. Nice. That was where I gave my heart to God. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, sitting in front of that fire, bench seat out of an old XY Falcon, um, reading my Bible, <laughs> kerosene lantern. Um, the, the, that old bench seat was my, uh, was my living room suite. This was in Tasmania. This no was in Tasmania. It must have gotten pretty cold. I used to get frost on my pillow. Oh, you serious, Lyle. Yes. <laughs> these, these buildings were not insulated. I can't and, believe you didn't get uh, frostbite on your toes. Oh, no. I used to have a big pile of blankets. Like um, I think I had 12 blankets on my bed through winter. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so it was nice and heavy and you just like snug as a bug in a rug. But your nose would get cold. Mm-hmm. What would you eat? Apples? Food. <laughs> yeah. Food. Okay. Yeah, well, there was another one of these um, apple picker's huts that was next door that was a bit more civilized. Mm-hmm. And it had electricity. Um, and so I used to go over there and cook. Okay, right. With my mates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but mine didn't have electricity at that time anyway. Anyway, so uh, what were we talking about? Here's how, you, here's how it works. Mm-hmm. If you let the – if you don't fill it up with kerosene on a regular basis, mm-hmm. it runs out. And it's exactly the same with the Holy Spirit. If you don't fill up on the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, you run out. If your house is lighted by oil lamps, you need to fill those oil lamps every single day with oil Mm -hmm. or you will run out. And it's exactly the same with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day or you will run out. 
And you do that by asking him into your own. Exactly, mm-hmm. because he's not going to force his way in. Mm-hmm. And the biggest danger that we have is not rejecting the Holy Spirit. It's drifting away from the Holy Spirit and letting him drift out of our life. No, we need to make a... Paul says, I die daily. I give my life to God every single day. And so it's a matter of when you start your day, top up on the Holy Spirit by inviting him into your life for that entire day. We're going to take a bit of a break, come back talk more about this. Uh, what do we got coming up? We have a song by Francesca Battistelli. This is called If We're Honest. It's a beautiful song. I love it. Truth is harder than a lie. The dark seems safer than the light. And everyone has a heart that loves to to our Ankara God section. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. I have another clue for you before we continue with our Bible study. We're talking about the ten parable of the ten virgins, the five foolish and the five wise. And here is 
our fifth clue. Jesus, or this is a what am I quiz, by the way. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law while she was lying on this. Ooh. Mm. What was Peter's mother-in-law lying on when Jesus healed her? I'll give you another clue. It's something we all lie on every night. Well, hopefully most of us have one. Uh, but give me some a call. People, some people lie on it during the day. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're sick, like Peter's mother-in-law is. Just, I'm really nervous about you talking about the quiz right now, Lyle. I appreciate you adding to this. What segment. are you lying on? <laughs> yeah, give me a call one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Call me cool, before though. Lyle gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> you can win the prize today. Uh, is a Melissa, Melissa Otto CD album. Okay, fantastic. All right, what are we? Where are we up to? We're in the middle of Matthew chapter twenty-five, yes. and we are looking at the parable of the ten virgins. Okay, mm-hmm. so we need to look at this in a bit more detail. The Bible goes on in verse 5. Why don't you read for us verse 5 and 6? Uh, Matthew 25 verses 5 and 6 say, <clears throat> When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. Okay, let me ask you a question, Mon. Mm-hmm. Who gives the midnight cry? Let me have a look what it says. It says it's very famous. It's called the midnight cry. At midnight, a cry went out. Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go you out to meet him. Well, it says here in verse 6, they. Who is they? The mysterious they. Oh, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. At midnight, they were roused by the shout. So it wasn't even a, a, a different they. It doesn't say. It just says there was a shout. Hmm. How mysterious. So who makes the shout? Oh, that's that's that's. Oh, now what I'm, a mystery. Now, now I'm looking at Mon and Mon is giving me that puzzled look that <laughs> I give when she gives a quick quiz because I have no idea what it is. I'm guessing that it's the people. You know when they have like a procession, a bridal procession, it's the people in the bridal party, right? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're going you, you, to go with that? Yep. Lock that in. All right. Lock that one in. Who are they? Well, the actual word they, or you're asking who the bridal party yeah, who the, is? Yeah, who is the bridal party? Who are the people who are not the virgins, who, are, who give the midnight cry? Well, in this case, it would be like the angels, right? They come okay. with Jesus. All right. So when he, when he so returns. Then let me ask you this question. Does that then mean that when Jesus, just before Jesus comes back, the angels are going to rock up and start running around here on earth going, hey, Jesus is about to turn up? Yep. <laughs> so you're sticking with it, Mon. You're going to stick with this one, right? You got any, you got any Bible to back that up with? No, you you go on, go on. All right. So we'll run through a process of elimination. Uh huh. First of all, is it God's church that gives the midnight cry? Well, it can't be because it says here that God's church is all asleep. All right. What about if you look at God's church, the wheat and the tares, mm-hmm. and all of the ten virgins are part of the wheat, right? Mm-hmm. Is it the tares that give the midnight cry? The weeds? No. It wouldn't make any sense, would it? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have any clue. All right. Is it the world, as in worldly people, who give the midnight cry? No. No? No. Okay, so we've, we've, we've actually listed um, all of the groups that there are in the world when Jesus comes back, haven't we? Yes, yeah, so that wipes out, well, we've got no one. Is it the rocks and the trees crying out? Is this what it is? 
<laughs> okay. I think right. I, I think I'd still believe uh, the angels rather than the the rocks. I oh, see so you, you're gonna you're gonna stay with that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna, you're really gonna go there. <laughs> like yes. You like backing me into From corners. First don't opinions, you? chapter three, <laughs> and the book of the book of Hezekiah, chapter Actually, five. That was, that was our second opinions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So yes, I have backed you into a corner. You have nowhere to go, Mon. Yeah. Go on. All right. Here's. Here's who gives the midnight cry. Mm -hmm. The key is in the first word of the parable. What's the first word in your translation? Then. Okay, it's the same first word as mine. Then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then is a connecting word. It is connecting to you what Jesus, connecting you to what Jesus has just been talking about in chapter twenty four. What has Jesus just been talking about in Matthew twenty four? What's it famous for? Uh, the end of times. Yeah, and particularly what end about the end of events. times? End, end time, time events, events specifically. Yeah. All the different, you know, disasters and the signs, signs of the times and yeah. Okay, so Matthew twenty four is all about what we call typically within Christian circles the signs of the times. It has mm. a nice ring to it. It does rather. Yeah, there's a magazine out there called Signs of the Times and it's been around ah uh, since the somewhere in the eighteen hundreds. I think it's the the oldest, longest con- Continuous periodical in Australia called Signs of the Times. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And we have the editor on our show every now and then to tell we us do. about the new editions. We do. Um, <coughs> he must be due to be back on again. I was just thinking that. I'm going to text him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, Signs of the Times is what the previous chapter is all about. Mm-hmm. So here's what is happening right now. Guess what? What is happening right now is that the Signs of the Times are screaming out that Jesus is coming back soon. Isn't that so? Yes, absolutely. Because we know it is not people who are giving this message because all of the righteous people are asleep and all of the wicked people are not interested. Uh-huh. And we also know that it's not the angels running around on earth and going, hey, Jesus is coming back because they won't find that in the Bible. That's okay. not in the Bible. Yeah. Okay? All right. This is the signs of the times who are, that, that are screaming out to us and they are telling us right now, wake up, Jesus is coming back. Well, in that case... Maybe we aren't asleep. Well, we are asleep, but like the signs of the times are happening right now. So mm-hmm. basically they're, mm-hmm. they're screaming already, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's an interesting thing that I did some so time ago. So this midnight cry is happening. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading a um, a collection of sermons mm-hmm. some years ago mm-hmm. that my grandfather wrote. Okay. Oh, wow. That was most interesting. And some of the sermons, I wrote, read several of his sermons that he wrote about the signs of the times. Okay. And so my grandfather, he's preaching, you know, back in the 1940s and 50s about the signs of the times. And he's looking at all of the evidence that there is in the world uh, that point to the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. Did he have anything like the evidence that we have right now? No. We got you know, so when he more. looked at that into the world, he said, like, yes, knowledge shall be increased. And he saw that, you know, we had invented the nuclear bomb and jet engines. Wow. Yeah. But he'd never seen or heard of a computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is this is my grandfather. My grandfather, who who grew up in a bark hut, wow, used to hunt for a living using a using a black powder rifle, mm-hmm. and who used to ride a horse to go to school. Oh, that's mad cool. Yeah, this is you know this is this was this was not that long ago. This was just my grandfather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at how much things have changed. And he looked around his world, and it was mind boggling how things had changed. But if you go back to the 1950s and the 60s, and you know I've got a, a 1958 car and a 1960 truck, mm-hmm. and I look at them and I think, these are so primitive. <laughs> this technology is so ancient. Did he have anything like the information that we have today? No, not even close. 
not even remotely close. I mean, if you had talked to him about self-driving cars back then, seriously? Yeah. He would have been like, yeah, whatever. And, of course, that technology is something that's been around for you know, quite some years now. So what we find is that, you know, these signs of the times, the more dramatic they become, mm-hmm. the more we're asleep. Oh, wow. Have you noticed that? Okay, yep, yep. Because he was looking at it, he was just like on fire. It's like, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. We know that he's coming back soon because all of this is happening. And he could, you know, see it. He could, he could trace it on a, on a map over the last hundred years. And now we're more asleep about it than what we were before. It's almost like the louder they scream out, the more we go to sleep. Yeah, it's astonishing how that works. So we need to wake up. We seriously need to wake up and be ready for Jesus to come back. We need to wake up and ask and ask the Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our lives so we can have that oil burning in our lamps when Jesus comes so that we recognize him when he's here instead of being left outside of the wedding party. Mm, absolutely. Anyway, we're going to move on with Jaden Levick, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. For our question time, we have a challenge. Oh, so are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strange In the light of His glory and grace Through death into life everlasting He passed and we followed
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Australia, 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. Do you know what? Get your phones out. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. We are doing the question of the day now, but get your phones ready because after we've done the question of the day, we are going to do the free giveaway at the end of the show and you're going to want your phone ready to be the first person through. Lyle, what is our cue of the D? Okay, so we had somebody who called through who was actually listening to the delayed broadcast. Always disappointing when Ugh. people listen to the delayed broadcast and they had a question about yesterday's question of the day. So a question about a question. And, um, of course, if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, remember that you can listen to us live and that way you can participate in what is actually current. So listen to us on faithfm.com.au or the best way to do it is in download the TuneIn app to your mobile device and get the free version and listen there. That way you can listen to it in your car and run it through your stereo, run it through your headset, listen to it in your tractor or wherever you want to be. Um, just tune in to Faith FM. Okay, so this listener called back, called through and said, well, because we were talking about life outside of planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about a new segment where, you know, they were talking about, uh, you know, life outside of our planet and how that... Um, you know the uh, they were you know constantly looking for for life outside in the universe, and I said, well, you know, they're kind of wasting their time. All they've got to do is read their Bibles. The Bible is very, very clear that there is life outside of our planet, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so in um, in doing so, you know, I gave many verses that speak about you know life in the universe mm-hmm. and other beings that inhabit the universe, whatever those beings might be. Maybe if we get time, we'll look at some of those again. Well, actually, I'm going to let me just um, let me just find one for you here from Revelation chapter twelve. Um, where the Bible says war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to the earth, and his angels were thrown out with him. It goes on, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, that's plural, that's the cosmos, Mm-hmm. That's the universe. And you that live in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because the, he knows that he has but a short time. And so uh, here you've got the Bible speaks about the heavens, plural, and those that inhabit the heavens. In other words, the universe and those that inhabit the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we go to that, we ask ourselves the question, well, if they're living out there in the universe, what are they living on? We can look out into the universe and we can see um, we, we can see stars. They're, they're easy to see, which are suns. It would be rather hard to live on a sun. Maybe there's a life form that can actually accomplish that. I don't know because God is powerful. That's right. But the natural assumption would be that they would live on planets or moons, which is where scientists are looking for life outside of our Earth. And... Uh, and so that being the natural assumption, we would then ask ourselves the question, all right, does the Bible speak about other planets? Because in recent years, we discovered other planets. Mm. Now, of course, the Bible spoke about other planets long before we discovered them recently. Let me read you this passage from Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2. The Bible says that has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. This is God has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. And watch this, Mon. By whom also he made, not the stars, the worlds. Wow. Worlds are not stars. Mm -hmm. Worlds are planets. Absolutely. 11 verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of 
God. That's what the Bible says. The Bible is clear. Hi, my name is Aluka. I go to Townsville Seventh-day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on Saturday at 9.30 for Sabbath School Kids Program and then the main service at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City. Reggie Smith and Nathan Young, now is the day here on Faith FM. Mon, what are we giving away today? Oh, is, that a, got, is that a Dennis Smith book I I've see over there? I've got the most perfect giveaway today. I really do. Um, because we've been talking, we spent the whole Encounter with God Bible study today talking about the parable of the ten virgins. We did indeed. You know, and it, I think a lot of people might be a little bit concerned because the parable of the ten virgins is about... Uh, the church, mm-hmm. and and that half of them are lost because they don't have the Holy Spirit, and not because they actively chose not to have the Holy Spirit. They just didn't actively choose to have Him. They just just slid out the back door, kind of a thing, you know. Well, not even that. They're still sitting in church. Mm-hmm. They just don't mm-hmm. have the Holy Spirit in their heart. They've lost their connection with Jesus. Just you know, in the getting caught up in the busyness of life, they haven't prioritized Him. Yep. This book that I'm giving away today 
is called 10 Days Prayers and Devotions to Experience the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if you are concerned that you are one of those foolish virgins that may be sleeping away the Holy Spirit, this is the book for you. Mm-hmm. The back says the baptism of the Holy Spirit, also called the infilling and the anointing, can be and should be experienced by every Christian today. So many Christians face life without realizing the full potential of this vital power. Pastor Dennis Smith shares in an easy-to-read yet scholarly fashion the role that the Spirit plays in our battle with the enemy of God and his people. It's a wonderful book. It's broken down into segments, so it's really re- easy to read, to follow along. Um, you know, It has guiding uh, discussion questions and prayers. It's a wonderful book. Be the first person to call us now, one Faith FM, 1-800-324-843, and we will send it to you free of charge. Fantastic. And of course, don't forget that if you would like to know more about the Bible, and it's always good to study the Bible, <coughs> then give us a call because we would love to connect you with somebody that can study the Bible with you. Mm. Uh, we have people who run small groups. We have people who run one-on-one Bible studies. We have people who run... Um, Correspondence Bible School down at the Discovery Center. They've got some amazing courses down there, like, like 17 different courses down there. Um, there are online courses that you can do anywhere you are in this amazing country, anywhere where you are listening to 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. We can organize someone to study the Bible with you. So if you'd like to know more about the Bible, let us know. And of course, these are Bible studies. This is not studying some religion or some doctrine of some particular... It's just the Bible. Uh, we're just getting together to study the Bible. That's what it's all about. We need to be students of the Scriptures because we need to have lamps and we need to have oil in those lamps, both the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 491 and we would love to help you out with that. And don't forget, of course, if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, jump on faithfm.com.au or the TuneIn app and join us on the live show so that you can participate. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. You have a wonderful, blessed day. We'll be back tomorrow after the 7 o'clock news. Follow your heart is what they say I know that if I do I'll be following something I can't know Deceitful and untrue I couldn't love you if I tried I couldn't find a way Unless my heart is led by God I'll only go astray If we want to be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you God is love, He gives to us A priceless gift that's free He gave Himself, He gave His all Unconditionally I wanna love you like He does, Lord Give me eyes to see The only way I can is if You live inside of me If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you
kind love never fails It ain't boastful, proud or rude It bears all things, believes all things Rejoices in the truth and love will never seek her own Love's patient, love endures And if we want love like that Is what we'll have to do If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you Thank you. 